Just on a daily basis uh -huh. Every minute, every hour So we try to save it Everybody, True Exact Show. I am here with Eric and Brian, our special guest, a friend of mine, friend of the show, friend of the network. You've seen him on Mark's side of the ring a couple of times with Miguel uh, and Nick. Uh, he actually was the first interview I did almost a year and a half ago at this point, but we got him on again. We kept in touch. We met in 2016 at Team Backpack. Country star, star. I'm, I'm calling you a star. I've seen your, <laughs> I'm, I've seen your monthly plays on Spotify and. I got a lot of catching up to do. Perception's <laughs> reality, man. Perception is reality. Let me just say that. So I'll say, I'll say not to hype you up too much because I don't want you to blush. Country musician, PJ North. How you doing, man? Man, I appreciate y'all having me on. What's going on, everybody? Thanks for having me back. No, absolutely. Um, like I said, we've kept in touch. We've been friends five years now going on. So still waiting to get out to Nashville and see you. But you got to come through, man. You got to come. I know. See you live, and you can smash the guitar over my head. Yeah, let's do it, baby. Let's go. <laughs> Love that. It's yeah. my two loves: wrestling and country, wrestling and music in general. Man, that's it. I'm in. So before we get into your new releases, because um, last time you were on, you had just released B sides, I believe. Yeah, not, yeah. Which I love the song. It's one of my favorites. Thanks, man. So now uh, you've released a couple songs. Um, uh, Beers we haven't drank, I believe Saturdays or for the boys. Yeah, man, we did a ton of stuff since B sides, man. The guys, uh, you know, it's been crazy. B sides was the first one I linked up with the two guys that produced my stuff now, which is Michael Meckling and Frank Leger, who are two of my best friends um, in town as well. So it's kind of worked out from uh, for that perspective. We started with B sides, and we just kind of had this idea, um, as I mentioned last time, with with Frank and me and Frank wrote that. Um, and then that kind of ballooned from there, man. We wrote uh, Middle of a Heartbreak after that with a buddy of mine, Ryan Robinette. Um, and we just kind of kept rolling and we got this idea of let's do a bunch of songs at one time and then release them as singles. So we started with a, with a project called You Wouldn't Get It, um, which was really cool. I got to co-write with, with, some, with some people that, uh, that I wouldn't normally get to write with. Um, and we released a song called Lights On and then Afraid of the Dark, which just hit 100,000 streams, which doesn't seem like a lot, man, when you look at, like, BTS, who had 220 million the first weekend. But, you know, we can't all be Korean boy bands, so. You know what? It seems like a lot when I have 12 in a month. <laughs> <laughs> Don't worry about it, man. But, yeah, man. So, it's crazy. So, we, so we did You Wouldn't Get It. And uh, that kind of jumped off for us because I, uh, at that point, I, uh, I got a new band. Uh, my guys were just – they were all spread out. I got my best friends in Boston who, plays, uh, who played guitar with me. My drummer's in Ohio. Um, the other the other guitar players in Ohio as well. So it's just kind of, we were all a little bit spread out. Um, so I got a bunch of Nashville guys um, who've become super close friends of mine as well. And we started to kind of play at the end of 2019, um, doing a lot of shows and things. And so COVID hit, of course, and we released You Wouldn't Get It and things got a little weird. But at that time, um, Michael and Frank's projects got canceled that they were about to go tour on. So for us, we uh, Frank was just like, hey, man, let's get in a room and do an EP. And I was like, I'm in. I got nothing going on. I moved all my meetings around. You know, I work for a living and, um, you know, just to kind of make the dream happen. And so, well, as weird as it was for us, we kind of took advantage of it. So, 2020, man, we released uh, basically 10 songs um, throughout the year. And then this earlier this year, I kind of completed the project that we started in 2020 called Victory Laps, which had um, a bunch of stuff. So, I had beers we haven't drank, Saturdays are for the boys, turn it up some. Um, so, a lot of stuff, man. We just kind of stayed busy as humanly possible to just kind of get it up. And that's, that's where I think the streaming thing comes in for us is a really big deal because 
we focus so much on trying to get numbers, but at the same time, sometimes people will focus on the inauthentic, inauthentic ways of doing it. We just try to be as authentic as possible, man. And we've got this thing now that we call pop punk country. And it's like everything I grew up on, I grew up on hip hop and I grew up on pop punk, but I love country music and all this stuff. And so Nashville is a weird place like that. Uh, this conglomerate of human beings in here. And uh, so it's cool to be able to do that and really focus in and zero in on our sound of, of what I do and what I love. So um, it's crazy, man. Yeah. So the releases have been a long time since we started this. Yeah. It's when I guess B-Sides was the first one. That's crazy to think how long ago that yeah. was, man. Uh, yeah. I looked a lot younger too in the visual. I'm aging. <laughs> we all did. 2020 a Consumed a lot of alcohol. <laughs> I'm telling you. Yeah. Hey, well, like I, I, I have to say, when no. I texted, <laughs> he's ready already. Someone cracked that cold one for him. Let's yeah. go, boys. Get I'm getting up. ready for uh, you know the B side of twenty. It's a song of his. It's a little joke. All right, gotcha. <laughs> so I have to say, I texted you probably in July when you were releasing stuff of last year. Yeah, you were like I said. I go no, no, no more albums. And you go, now nah, we're doing singles. Yeah. And then at that time, I was working on a CD where I had 10 songs to release. And I remember saying, that's so smart. And that's why Brian and I now, we kind of went your route, like single after single after single. Because let's be honest, we're not on your level yet. No one's anticipating our fucking album. Yeah, so no like, one's anticipating we, mine, and I tell them right, about it. Right, <laughs> My so mom like, doesn't even know. <laughs> so like, She's why like, oh, are, you dropped the record? Why are we wasting time on an album when, like, one yeah, kind of need one song to pop nowadays, you know? Yeah, so, so it's, kind of it's weird. To, to put it in perspective as we do this, right? So when we went into You Wouldn't Get It, is really what I told Frank and Michael was, was this, is that, look, man, I, I'm this big picture guy. I'm a visualization perspective, the creative space side. So for me, like, if I don't have an end goal, which is an album in my opinion, right? Like, Jay-Z didn't go into writing Big Pimpin', and not think that he wasn't going to drop, you know, life and life and times volume three, whatever, you know what I'm saying? Like at that point, he wasn't thinking like, he knew, Hey, I've got to do an album. Let's drop a single. And so you got to think of it. Like I still think of it that way. So we did victory laps last year when we went in, we knew at that point in 2020, right. It's, it's basically April at that time. And we were like, what are we going to do? And I was like, let's just, let's, I have this idea of a concept. Let's call it an album at the end of it, but let's record everything at once and then just drop singles to build basically just build your algorithm at that point for right. Spotify and uh, kind of go from there. And so that's really what we did. The focus was, uh, was really on that. So that's kind of my thought process behind it. Cause like, I still look at the album as a cool concept. Like I'm all about the cover art. I'm all about the, the cra I'm all about that, how you built this thing and what that was at that time of your life. Um, and so that's the way I look at it right now. I mean, this, this project that we've worked on and we've got a new song coming out, we'll talk about, but that's the same concept. I has it. let's, we've got a bunch of songs that we wrote after we released. So we started with Turn It Up some, but at that point we had already had all my songs. So for a couple months, we focused on other people. Uh, we focused on other, write, on other songwriters, um, a buddy of mine, Chris Rudiger, Ryan, all these folks that we were trying to get cuts with. Um, and so at that point we kind of stopped writing for me. And then again, you start to swoop back up. We're like, hey man, we've got all these songs and now I know what we're doing release wise. Let's plan for, for 2021. What are we gonna mm. do and how do we come back at it? And so. Again, I still look at it as like an album, but for me and for most of Nashville, it's it's just most of this generation, people that listen to music, it's so, I mean, even myself, like I get, I'm like, sometimes I don't like full bands albums, but I still want to hear them. Like I want to, I want them to, if I love them, I want to hear the full album, you know what I mean? So 
I, I'm stuck between that rock and the hard place, but I do, that's kind of how I cope with it is that I have a project in mind. It is a CD in my mind, but only yeah. to me until the end. I feel like you and Brian like have the same thought process, like legit in the, that concept, Brian going. Yeah, no, because the thing is like, think about when a new album comes out on Spotify, right? Like on the new release Friday or whatever. Like, it doesn't even matter if it's someone that I like. Like, I'll go into it, I'll click on the playlist, and then you hit the, the little preview. And you only get like 15 seconds and like, I'll just go, yes, no, yes, no, yep. no, no, no. All right. I fuck this album. I'm not even... <laughs> and yeah. Now that artist gets no streams. You lost me. I've only, I what listened to a maximum of like 40 seconds of an entire, like, let's say it's 16 tracks, roughly an, an hour worth of mute or half hour, 40 minutes worth of music. I listen to 40 seconds of it and I'm like, fuck it. You know, yeah. so it's almost like that approach. Like, if you want to still build something in the back like that, it is a good plan, you know. But, like, to keep just pumping it out every week. Oh, yeah. here's another song. Here's another song. Another song. And then, like like Scott has said, like, if one of them catches, then you're, you're good, you know. Right. Then people are yeah. going to start coming back more and more for that stuff. What, on, I want to ask you some questions about, like, the production side because yeah. I do uh, a lot of – I do our, like, vocal mixing and, like, arrangement and everything like that. Um, do you do a lot of your own like mixing, editing, stuff like that? Or you I, don't, I don't do any of it. So um, I, I'll tell you a funny, quick, funny story. So when I was a senior in college, um, my senior thesis project was uh, a mixtape. I did one. I was, you know, 22 years old at that point. Um, and I'll, I'll never forget this. Posner had come out with his deal, um, like flight school or whatever that whole deal was, like him and Wiz and, uh, and, you know, Big Sean and all those guys had the backpack, that piff era. And like, that was a thing. And I was like, this is what we're going to do. I'm going to do this at my house. I'm going to learn this. And I had been around vocal recording at that point for a few years. Um, I, you know, I'd spent younger, but I didn't really have, but I had a studio in my basement. I had a vocal booth, the whole deal. And so for me, like, I was like, I'm going to figure this out. But in my mind, when I recorded the vocal, what I would, I was so bad at it. I didn't even know how to comp. Right. So I would put in a vocal. I'm like, man, that volume, like it, it's real terrible. So I'm going to, delete that and start over or I like oh that track's okay let me create another track and like so for me like I just didn't get a lot of it but I also didn't really care as much about it I only cared about the end product when I would do some of the editing like you know you do the pitch shift and you would do the modulization all of those things like I was cool with but yeah. I didn't really understand it then when I started recording at a studio more often um the engineer that I worked with did all of that as we were recording which I thought was weird to me because the only time I really interacted and understood what mixing and mastering were was by the Jay-Z documentary or the Drake documentary that was on MTV. They were like, he like brought the master to his uh, hotel. Right. And they're like sitting behind him and they're like, we got to have this in like an hour. Right. He's like sitting there list. So for me, like I didn't understand the concept of that whole thing. When I moved to town, all of that perception changed. Like that whole thing went out the window of how this whole thing worked. And so for me, Michael Meckling, who again is one of my closest friends now, he does all of the, he co-produces with Frank and then he does all the mixing. So Frank plays all the instruments and Michael does all the mixing. And, and then we have a mastering. We use Sterling Sound in, in, in New York for a lot of the stuff that we used to do. Um, and then just this new project, uh, we worked with Dan Bachelupi here in town, which is an exceptional mastering guy. And, and so Michael's main business as a, for a living is a mixing engineer. He works front of house on tours. Um, he's a sound engineer for Reed Shippen. Uh, so he does basically every major record that comes into Nashville. His company that he works for does that. And it's two guys, it's him and Reed. And so he's the best of the best at that. Um, he's got a lot of old school stuff that he likes to do, compressors and running through 
analog machines and all of these things that he likes to do, uh, which is really cool. So I kind of let him do that. It's his way of being creative in this space. And Frank, the same way. Frank mixes all of the remixes we do. Um, so all, none of that stuff is for me. I do, now we'll sit through, they'll do a basic mix and then we'll sit through a mix note um, via, you know, there's a streaming system where you can do that through like Logic or Pro Tools and you yeah. just kind of listen down through, um, which is pretty cool. So we go through and I mix note everything with them. Um, but yeah, it's not my strong suit. Long story short, I know that was a long story short, but um, <laughs> I just, I'm, I'm the, the energy behind it. And I kind of try to keep them, those guys hype um, about it. And hopefully, you know, they're as excited about the project as I am, which I think is why we work so well together. So um, it's pretty cool experience to get to learn that because before, like I said, I just didn't know anything, man. I, I didn't get it at all. I'm like, you know, putting BGVs and I'm like, oh, we'll just drop this 50%. That's like how it's supposed to work. No, I mean, there's a whole, you know, I mean, sure, you know, right, going through it. So uh, it's a pretty cool thing to go through, but Michael and Frank handle all that. So <laughs> hey, you know, it's, I, I do understand that mindset of it because like me and Scott used to be that way where like we would have to, the guy who used to mix our stuff, you know, he would do it. He would take care of all of it. We were really not involved in that process whatsoever. But then as you listen to music more, especially like if you put it on really good headphones and you can hear everything that's going on. Um, it's a game changer. Stuff, yeah. The stuff that kind of gets left out when you're just listening on speakers or in the car or something like that. But when you're really listening to it and you hear all the things that are happening in the background, the vocal effects on the voice, the way the voice hits, the way it's compressed, the way it's equalized, everything about it. Um, you really see because if you've ever taken like a raw vocal and then turned it into something that's like a beautiful project, you're like, wow, it sounded like this to start right like, where you fucking brought it to. <laughs> like, that's why I've said to Scott before. I'm like, you don't understand how many of these guys, like the Travis Scott's ASAP Rockies, like they're manufactured. They don't yeah, sound man. Like they Drake does not sound like how Drake sounds. Right. The way his vocals are mixed, he found the formula for him that works. Because you'll find a lot of these guys, like if you find like mixing, uh, like mixing sessions on YouTube, anything like yeah. I watch those from time to time just to see what like yeah. all the professionals do. Um, you'll see all the effects and all the different plugins they put all over these guys. Yeah, vocals. man, it's crazy. It's and that's a, the funny thing. You know what's that Jay Z line in that new song? Sound like Forty did the mix. Yeah. You know, it's like that's a thing. It's a uh, to me again, man. I, I didn't understand that back in the day i i, I had a, a girl tell me way back when and she was like you should use inflection in your voice hmm. i didn't understand you know i was a rapper i was like my only thing was like to get the punchline across at the yeah. time right i didn't care about anything except the punchline that was all that mattered so for me to learn that and then to bring that into singing as well which has been a, a really cool thing but yeah you know what i did last year was kind of fun too we did this thing on tiktok of like here's what we started with right and then when it would get to the chorus I'd, I'd basically drop in the full production for where we started with just a rough piano and how we did the work tape or, or how we did the, the rough demo thing, basically. Um, and it's crazy to think about that, man, because I'll hear a rough mix right now that I have of all the project that we've done. And I'm like, I got, so the new song we have, I, I first got the master back or I, we first did the mix notes and I was like, damn, this shit right here. <laughs> man, this shit right here. It was like, this is night and day. You just like get reinvigorated about it because it is such a piece yeah. of art, um, which is crazy to me. Because like I said, I just didn't understand that um, before I moved here. I really didn't get the concept. And so it's cool to have somebody who's as close to it as Michael and Frank. I can um, safely so. say I still don't understand the concept. So you're not alone. <laughs> Brian is loving me. The, the thing you were saying about inflection, though, if you listen, 
I've said this to Scott too about if you listen to when Eminem raps, every single word is a different inflection, like literally yeah. every single word. But to me, all right. So like somebody might listen to that. Like, let's just say you're an artist. You're not into the production side of it. Like you listen to it and you're like, wow, how did he do that with his voice? But then when I listen to it, I'm like, how the fuck did his engineer do this with right. his How did they get that part in? Bro, if, if, listen, if I'm ever blessed enough to be in a fucking studio session with Eminem one day, and he just he does that off the fly, he's the greatest absolute <laughs> that will. But how, how could they do that, though? Like, if, I, if Bro, I'm monotone, they just shoot it up? Well, then no. we can do all types of crazy shit with it. What they'll do with him is, let's say he wants to do five different tones. So he'll rap the same verse, five different uh, tones. And then what the engineer will do is he'll go in and he'll cut and snip every single word to make it fucking work. That's why these guys take so long on a fucking album. Yeah. Yeah, Dr. Dre's must be ridiculous. His <laughs> detox, Jesus Christ. <laughs> well, Eric, I do want to pass it to the person who's been to all 50 states, Eric, here. No so, big idea. Uh, no, whatever. So I know yeah. you're, you've been to Nashville and uh, you've seen the – aura around there so like if you have any country questions or you know well i was gonna say like i it's not that i hated country i just never seeked it out i never cared and i moved out to portland oregon in 2015 and i my second stop went to dc and then uh stayed in nashville for two days and that's a fun town it's just a fun town i was thinking about that i was listening to music all day uh i'm a big fan and uh <laughs> i would love to live there if you guys were closer to the beach i would have loved to live there but that's yeah. only back but it's, it's such a, a cool town it's the so. best decision i ever made man nashville is uh especially now it's crazy we were and this is so funny when i moved here so i didn't i knew that there were a few music cities basically in in america at the time when i was looking at colleges and when i was looking and after college when i was working um basically you know it was between new york and la for me um and nashville was at that time in 2010 it was like on the come up but like right. it was in a weird place in music like their country music was just beginning to spread out into these other genres of what they do now and what we kind of what it is um and so at the time i didn't really understand but had someone told me that belmont was like a thing in nashville like i knew him as a basketball school from the ncaa tournament but i didn't know like what the deal was had someone told me that in 06 i probably would have investigated that a little bit closer um, because it's such a great city, but man, the things we do now, but the change in just the five years that I've lived here has been, um, been crazy, dude. It's like, I, I imagine this, and this is terrible to say, but like, I imagine this is what New York was like in the like twenties and thirties when like everybody was like being pushed out in or forties, whatever that, ha I don't know in the time, but I'm assuming that this is what happened in the 20s, 30s. but like in that time period of whatever people are moving in, there's apartments being put up and they no longer, there's no land, there's nothing else. It's, only stuff being put up and that's kind of how Nashville is right now is it's yeah. vertical regimes and it's it's townhomes right like everybody's like you know I watch enough SVU it's like oh they live in a brownstone and, and whatever right it's like all of those everywhere now yeah which is crazy to think because everyone's like Nashville's a country town right it's like I don't know if y'all have been here lately because it's not I mean it the country music is the hop of this but it's it's music in general man every every great pop punk act has moved to Nashville man Paul Giovanni's like one of the top producers in town Mm -hmm. And he was in Boy, uh, Boys Like Girls. And, like, that's – he's, like, the number one guy right, in my mind right now that I think about. And I'm, like they – didn't, they didn't move to New York. They didn't move to L.A. They moved to Nashville and, like, reinvented the scene. And there's all these bands, the band Camino, Coin. Um, they're all based here. There's, there's people that I play with 
uh, that, that I'm good friends with, Phil Street. Man, you guys would love them. They're like this, like, pop, hip-hop group. Um, they do all this type of, like, new age stuff, which is cool. And there's just, like, a lot of that. And Belmont's yeah. to thank for that and Vanderbilt. And so Nashville is, uh, to me, just like, like I said, just like one of my favorite things that I've ever got to experience is living here. It's, it's the best, um, in my opinion. I love downtown. Now, did you? Yeah, did it's you fun. I, I was going to say, like, the, the difference between Nashville, because I, I used to travel all the time for work, too. So I would spend a couple days in Nashville, then a couple days I would drive to Memphis, a couple days in Memphis. And it's just wild. It's a, what, a three-hour drive, three-and-a-half-hour yeah. drive. The vibe of like the main streets, that strip, it's just so, it's just, it's just so different. Like they're both great. Like I love, I don't smoke cigarettes at all, but when I was on Beale Street, I it bought you a pack of cigarettes for my buddy and we're inside just listening to these dudes play the blues. And I'm just like, just watching them dance. I was like, this is fucking, this is crazy. And then Nashville, it's like that, but like country as well. Like it was such a, just a well yeah, like Nashville's a welcoming wonderful vibe like they don't care like oh I only like rap I'm a rapper they're like come on in and like yeah, dude. you know Jelly Roll's so having a reinvert you know Jelly Roll right now is on the come up man him and uh Struggle Jennings and all those guys are right now having a revamp not that their career ever really tailed off they've been doing the same thing but like they're on a different level now yeah um you know you think about that and it's it's definitely crazy man like I said Nashville's it is welcoming in that sense, man. As I've, like I said, met some of my hopefully lifelong friends here that I would never have had, you know, had an opportunity. Now, did there. you meet your wife there or did you meet her before moving? Yeah, so she actually lived here already. She, um, we met racing. So we, we built drag race. And right. so we met in Kentucky um, about an hour north of here that we were a track that we race at. And um, so she had already lived here. We were doing the long distance thing for like six months. Um, and then I was already, I mean, I, my plan was basically at that point, I was like, if I don't do something, I've been focused on music. I was starting to make a little headway. We were, had a fan base. I was able to get paid to do shows and things like that at the time. And um, for me, basically, I was like, well, if Sam Hunt's doing it, let's just do it. That's basically what it was. And I looked at my guitar player and I told him, I was like, fuck it, I'm going to just do it. Um, right. So we wrote a bunch of music and, and I moved down here and it was a complete shell shock. Uh, but she already lived here. So it was great, man. We, we moved in together. Um, we lived in a, in a one bedroom apartment in Murfreesboro, which is crazy um and we lived there for like six months she had already lived there for a while so then and then we built a house we lived like 20 minutes east of the city um basically so it's not too bad for for us to get around but um yeah it's crazy kind of how that works and she never really she lived when she grew up another 20 minutes east of us so she grew up even further out um so like her natural experience was much different um than like people you know who grew up and went to Vanderbilt yeah I, I really want to go out there one day I will make it one day you I gotta will. do it dude it's, it's, it's lit You'd love it. It's the crazy thing is I'll tell you this, this is the weirdest thing right now. Right. So COVID shut everything down. Of course, like it did in every major city, man, but this entire city is built on performers on Broadway, like mm. the entire town economical system from eighth to first is built on performers. I mean, that's, that's what it is. And so people just up and left, man, they couldn't make it right. They had to go home. They had to leave. They, they did whatever. It wasn't working out um which was crazy so for me like I was like man this is so weird but now it was wide open before it's even more wide open man it's like mm -hmm. it's almost like they doubled in size in the last it's it's unbelievable we we were looking at TikTok and that whole Morgan Wallen thing he came we went to Kid Rocks last week um and there's like 5,000 people in the bar which has got to be capacity I mean it's, it's absolutely nuts yeah. and then there's another thousand people standing in line waiting to get in Jeez. It's just, I mean, it's bonkers. Right now. Bonkers. <laughs> yeah. 
Dead ass. Can imagine standing. That bar is fun. I love that. But I mean, it's just like every like every ten feet a new. That's what's cool. Yeah. You're just walking up and down the street. You don't even have to go in. It's like a a new band, a new song. Like it's such a cool. There's not many. I'd say it's the only city. It's one of the most unique cities. Every city is sure. unique in their own way. But yeah. like as far as music, it's crazy. I think I know the answer. But what what is harder to write? A rap song? Like, when's the last time you wrote, like, a full rap song? Um, like, how long ago? And man, like, what's the difference between <laughs> writing, like, the country song and the rap song? Now, you know, I'll tell you, so this is a, a point that we've had. A, it's kind of a point of contention in town of, like, what is country and what mm -hmm. isn't? In hip-hop, for me growing up, again, I loved the hits, but I loved, like, New Jack Swing, that – that style of it mixed with like this, like Wale, Jay-Z over the top. I'm smarter than you lyrics, right? Like you're like, Oh damn, he said some, you know what I mean? Like that was my yeah. thing. And so for me, that's what I always wanted to do as a hip hop writer. I was mm -hmm. like, yo, I'm not really going to say anything on these courses. I'm going to have a good time. Cause I'm a good time. Charlie, I like, to, you know, whatever. And so for me, like it was never really about storytelling in hip hop as much as it was about just like, I am smarter than all of these people and I want them to know it because my vernacular is deeper, my mm. vocabulary is better, all of these things. That was always my goal. And yeah. I also felt like it had to be entertaining. So the difference between that and, and, and the music that I write now is that country music really is like embedded in this, like it's got to be about trucks and beer. And it's, it doesn't have to be about that. Country music is really what it is, the storytelling music better than Americana. Americana is storytelling music that's not popular in the sense of like, it just doesn't, it makes you feel some type of way, but you're not like jamming a guitar to it. Country music makes you feel a certain type of way because there's a little bit more behind it. At least that's my opinion of it, right? That's not scientific, but so country music for me, the difference between writing them is really like in, in the music we write now is that I have to think of a kind of a point in time about what the song's about, which is cool because you hear that in songs like Closer is a perfect example of Chainsmokers. Does anybody know what that song is about? No yeah. one. Not, I mean, at least nobody I've met. I know it's about some girl who had I've a mattress heard, in the back of the car. She's got yeah, my roommates back in Boulder. That, like, no one really knows. But the yeah. point being is that it's, it's about this very point in time that you somehow relate to because you see yourself in this visualization. And so I think that, I think that country music or the music that we write right now is that same thing, is that it's this point in time that you're trying to relate to um, or that you can relate to because you see yourself in that, even if it's not the same exact moment, it's this, it's that same exact type of thing. I think that's the difference between what I used to write and how I write now. Um, you know, the funny story about that is that when I moved here, I was like, man, I'm, I'm a great lyric guy. I'm a melody guy. That's my thing. Right. And I'm, and then I moved here and like, we went to the first, one of the first writers rounds I played and the dude came out from behind the bar and he was just like exponentially better. And I just looked at my guitar player and I was like, we've made a huge mistake. This dude's way better than us. Like this is a huge mistake. So for me, it was crazy because I just didn't get it. And so now I'm like the big picture idea guy. Like I'm the title guy. When I go into rights, they're always like, all right, what title do you have for us? Cause that's always like my thing. And then I'll like visually put it out. And then we write to that story side. So uh, it's just much different, man. It's, it's they're apples and oranges to a certain extent uh, when it boils down to it. No, it makes sense. I absolutely, yeah, go on, bro. No, you know what it is though with some things like that. I feel it's like it's like um, damn. I don't have a good example for it. Like, have you ever come across someone who has just too much knowledge about one topic? And like, if you were to ask them a simple question, 
you know, like, hey, can yeah. you tell me this? And it's like, well, you have to consider all this, and blah, 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 blah. And they overdo it, and they overthink it. So, like, coming up with, like, a song title, if someone is not overthinking and over-processing something, and they just go with what they feel in the moment, right. I feel like that works so much better than, like, okay, what's the absolute perfect yeah. song that we could target at 14-year-old, young girl, <laughs> yeah. you know, at a party on Wednesday nights with their friends at a sleepover? Yeah. Like, yo, yeah. what the fuck? Just it's a whole that's that's right that's right on it i think that we go into it and we think of like you know for example one of the titles we have that i that i wrote is about me and it's just and i i had this idea in my head as i was like what if it's all lowercase and there's a period at the end right so all of these things that could come before about me is is infinite the infinite things that could come before about me and so for me that was like what i wanted to write. i was like look this is the idea. This is how I mentally see it. this is like visually what it would look like from a video stand, like all these things. And that's what it is, man. It's, it's that feeling in the moment. Sometimes you get shitty. So I mean, I write yeah. shitty songs all the time, man. It just depends. I, you know, I don't, I don't have a hit record. I don't have a number one. So all the songs technically I write are shitty. Just depends on who you ask. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, that's the majority, cool. I, the majority yeah. of the time, everyone makes a bunch of shit. It's just that one. My dad asked me to go through like the Beatles songs recently to do like a countdown, which I haven't done. But like, I actually went through all the Beatles songs that they ever made, and you realize they probably made more bad songs than good. They probably, with right? the amount of yeah. songs they made, they probably tripled it. And they shit that they <laughs> exactly. Made. So that's like every artist, though. Like that's exactly like, it, man. I mean, yeah. how many times have you heard a bad like? You know, you think about it. Like I was listening through the Jay Z catalog the other day, and we were on a long drive, and I was like, "Man, I just love all this." But I bet there's a lot of songs that didn't make the cut. I just, I, you're picking the, you're barking yeah. up the wrong tree. Oh, I know you're not a Jay Z guy. Nah, but like I get what you're How saying. How can you wear a Yankee cat? I. How can you wear? He's a fraud. Come on, man. Jay Z made the Yankee hat cool. Not a real Yankee. <laughs> no, he, no, he didn't. That's just not fucking true. Oh, God bothersome <laughs> he even said it he made a yankee cat more famous than a yankee thank can. you can thank you eric <laughs> yeah. i've never seen anyone funny, more funny, upset than gambino he, did he free did he freestyle that too really fucking go far i was talking to a girl about that like in college i go well jay-z you know she's like he's not good i'm like well he doesn't write anything down she goes yeah that's why he sucks well, i told scott and he goes i like her man <laughs> like, that's like joe budden said remember it was like the more people said they didn't write down lyrics the more it sounded like they didn't yeah like, it doesn't impress me i'm sorry right 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 to make it better but this is whatever like I'm, that's so like, just funny. not for me just all right me. that's not your cup of tea i get it it's not my cup of tea it that's is it. What it is. hey so all right what do you got coming up? Um, I know you sent me the link. I will be pre-ordering. I, I'm, I'm, I don't pre-order things. No offense. I wait till it comes out. Then Man, I, I get it. it. I mean, I'm you're, you're just yeah. detrimental to my musical <laughs> career and people seeing my stuff on charts. But it's fine. Don't worry about it. Again. He's just still on the fence Whatever about Whatever suits it. you, Doc. <laughs> I don't even. Scott hasn't made his mind up yet. He's, <laughs> He's like, like, I don't know what to buy this. I don't pre-order Madden. No video games. I'm a. I wait Man, till things that's come fair. out. I That's, you know the crazy thing? I'll, I'll just tell you a quick story. The Go pre-order on. is so important in the now business. Now I have right to now. do it. No, like, no, no. And I don't mean it for you, but I, I never thought about that before. Okay. I never thought about that before because you couldn't pre-order CDs. Okay. And so, like, I'm old enough to know, like, man, I'd hit Best Buy every Tuesday to get the newest CDs. Like, that was my thing. Everybody, I have hundreds and hundreds of CDs back home. 
So for me, a pre-order was not really a thing, right? And so it's crazy to me how crucial it is in this business that last year we saw artists in Nashville talk their followers into pre-saving a song enough that it went number one in all genres wow. by an indie artist, by an indie artist, unsigned, no pub deal, no backing, all her own followers managed to do that. And then two weeks later, turned it into a record deal. That's unheard of, man. That's that like, crazy. that's some soldier boy shit. As weird as that is to say, that's a, some soldier boy yeah. shit. Like managed to create something out of nothing with something as remedial as, hey man, just pre-ordered. Oh, here's 99 cents. And it's crazy to me that it, that it works that way. Um, yeah. And so it's like, I'm never, that's not really my thing either, but I get it. Uh, you know, my friends are like, you got to do it. I'm like, all right, cool. So the pre-save thing is cool. Cause it's like, all right, pre-save Spotify. And then that day it shows up on your playlist and it shows Spotify. Hey, people do listen to your music, which is, I guess, you know, we're a data driven business now instead of an art business, but what do you do? Yeah. <laughs> I will be pre I will be buying it after the show now. <laughs> so I do have a brand new single, man. Six uh, yeah. comes out next Friday, June 11. Uh, it's called kind of my thing. It's a duet. I did with a buddy of mine, Dawson Edwards. Um, I co-wrote it with, uh, Frank Leger, Tyler Anderson and Dawson and Dawson got in on it. It's really cool. I basically begged Frank to write with Dawson, um, in 2020, I was like, dude, I, I'm a huge Dawson fan. I know you write with him. What's the chances? And for Frank's always good about bringing me in when he feels like it's the right time. Uh, and we got together, we wrote beers we haven't drank together. So me, Frank and, and Dawson wrote that. And then I basically, we were at a write. Um, writing with another kid, Rashad. Uh, I don't know if y'all know him, but he's a, a pretty popular artist out of Atlanta. Um, super good dude. And so we were writing for him. And after the write ended, I was like, Dawson, I don't know if you have any interest in this, man. I know you got your deal going on and I don't want to, I don't know if you have to ask your people, but basically I'm trying to do this song. It's called kind of my thing. Here's the start of it. Tell me what you think. See if you'd be interested. And then we'll write a verse for you. And uh, he got on board, man. And we were, me and him are very alike in the fact that we both love racing we both love a good time. Uh, we like a lot of the same artists and things like that in the country world and stuff like that. But we're also polar opposites in the fact that he's from Rome, Georgia. Um, he grew up with a rooster as a pet. Um, I did not. Uh, so he's a great dude, man. He's a good friend of mine now, which is really cool. And so I'm super pumped to have him on. And I, it's something I wanted to do because I love to do features in hip hop. And so right. country music, I always thought would be way cool to have that. Um, but instead of doing features, they just created duos. So now it's like, it's really cool opportunity to have people featured on it. And so, yeah, it's kind of my thing featuring Dawson Edwards comes out uh, June 11th. We're super excited about it. I got a ton of, ton of content that we shot for it. Uh, we got rowdy and drunk on a Monday afternoon, um, shooting uh, fireball and natty lights. So it's Oh my wild. God. That is. Nice. That's <laughs> yeah, dude. It's wild, man. <laughs> no, it's that... wild. We did the stone colds, man. We were doing like, we had to do that a couple times, right? Cause you got to get a couple good takes of it. We were shotgunning beers. We were shooting fireball. Next thing I know, it's like middle afternoon. I'm like, man, I, I got to go home. I'm, I think I'm drunk. <laughs> I think I'm drunk. Uh, it's wild. Best idea for our next video. What, Perfect. fireball and natty ice? Yes. So I was dressing up as Stone Cold Steve Austin and rap the whole yeah. time. But we will, we will, PJ, we have discussed it. We will eventually collab. We, we have got to do it, man. I, I think know, it's I so just cool. don't know how to, like, find the beat with like the rhythm <laughs> of you singing i'm not good at stuff like we'll that. figure that out you know it's so cool it's crazy that uh the collaboration thing so when i moved here I, of course i'm still doing a lot of hip-hop stuff i played a lot of hip-hop shows i just rapping is like something that one i was naturally good at two i really enjoyed because again it shows the the kind of the stretch of my abilities and things mm -hmm. like that but 
I also thought it was cool to just rap on breakdowns and country songs. So I was doing that on Instagram stories like way back when. Well, then, of course, TikTok always popped off. And I'm like, well, now I feel too late to the ballgame because right. like, all these cats are doing it like you see David Morris. So I'm like, I was doing it. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm going to pat myself on the back. I'm going to Barry Horowitz this thing and say, look, I was doing it first. Okay. I just want to throw that out there. Me and Nelly were doing it first. <laughs> Technically, Nelly, I guess, did it first. But so for me, it's like one of those cool things um, to still do like rap stuff. So I rap. You know, it's kind of a party trick now, man. My friends are like, oh, I'll do the thing and, and I'll do it at writer's rounds and things like that. Just because it's a little more interesting to see different sides of the artist yeah. and see what guys can do and stuff like that. So we'll, we'll definitely collab. We're going to make it happen. It'll happen somehow. Uh, um, all right. Before you get to, uh, I know you said you were going to perform the song, correct? Yeah, man. I'll play a song for y'all. Before you do that, though, see, we've elevated our game. In this, I love it. Uh, podcast so we do a gun to your head segment right i love it let's and go we ask questions to each but they have a little wordplay involved it's not i know you were on a show on instagram live and the guy asked you like reese's or skittles like, <laughs> okay okay all right so there's gonna be some wordplay involved yeah, all right yeah like it's a little different like it's not your typical nonsense so <laughs> we do keep score though okay okay so, okay i don't brian does so, <laughs> just me just me just right yeah <laughs> Scorekeeper Brian. No, we, right. we actually take this pretty seriously. I'm not gonna okay. lie. Okay, all we right. We kind of have like an ongoing fake tally, and this is very important to us. So we ask two questions each. You pick a winner at the end. Your favorite question. So, um, I will go first. Okay. All so right. For one week, would you rather have to walk backwards or talk in reverse? Walk backwards. Okay. Damn. Well, that would suck. Brian, you're up. All right. Would you rather be trapped in catacombs or be obsessed with combing cats? Oh, that's fucking good. Oh, <laughs> that is, that is a good one. That is a good one. Uh, I'm going to say combing cats. That's pretty awesome. <laughs> uh, okay. Would you rather quit music and only do karaoke or change your name to karaoke? <laughs> uh, I guess I gotta change my name to do karaoke. You gotta. That's a great stage a name. Team win right here. <laughs> All right. So the only the only holiday you could celebrate is Flag Day, or you have to carry a flag around every day, everywhere oh, you go. You could have done that so much better. You should have said, "Spend the day as a flag." Yeah, that makes sense. Like, yeah. he well, Brian, now we know why he doesn't pick the beats, all right? That's not his <laughs> <laughs> uh, I did. Uh, I'm going to say, uh, oh, my gosh. How big is the flag I got to carry around? There's no flag. All right, I'm going to carry, carry around a flag. For, yeah, tough question. I mean, yeah, ca so Carry around a flag every day. Yeah, you got to remember that one. Brian? All right, get ready for your doom. <laughs> Would you rather never be able to use a microphone or have to hit Mike Rowe with a phone? <laughs> yeah, like, uh, oh, I'm going to hit Mike Rowe with a phone all day long. Damn, Brian got two giggles. All right. I don't like this one, but we'll do it. Uh, would you rather people mistake the PJ and PJ North for pajamas or peanut butter jelly? <laughs> it's so dumb. <laughs> Uh, man, I, I've gotten both, so uh, I'm going to go with peanut butter jelly. People call you Pajama North? Yeah, man, I've got some crazy, I've got some crazy one, man. That Peach, actually... 
PG, I've got all types of ones, but pajamas and, and peanut butter. <laughs> so when I say PJ, sometimes I have to tell people that because they like don't listen. Right? P is also sounds like T E D C, every other letter in the alphabet. Uh, so it's like, you know, I've got to be like it's P J, as in like peanut butter and jelly. So I will say if you if you like went the strictly rap route, Pajama North needs to be a rap. <laughs> yeah, I mean maybe I'll drop an album just Pajama North. Hit them with <laughs> that it. That is so cool. I like that. <laughs> All right, all right, PJ, your favorite question. My favorite question is um, Don't feel pressured. Don't feel pressured, Brian. Uh, I'm, I got to go with, with the catacomb or Cobra Cat. Because you know I thought that question. was a great wordplay. It's right, so a well deserved, now, well deserved. A new thing we started, too, just to twist the knife. What's the worst question? <laughs> we like uh, to shame people on this show. <laughs> I know what it is. It's got to be Flag Day because you just did a poor <laughs> job wordplay. And I love you, know you Gambino, but come you on, Doc. You know what? I, I saved mine for Shark Week. And <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. What were you saying? No, I will say I wrote these today, and I did not I did not feel good about it. it was, yeah, that's, that's the worst, right? It's a joke yeah. that doesn't Ten land. Ten minutes ago. <laughs> Brian's oh, like, God. yeah, that was terrible. I had Brian, more. Yeah. PJ, I had one. That, uh, you don't have to – you can answer this just because I want to ask you. I had one. Would you rather have Michigan win a national championship or have a sold-out show in Michigan? Yeah, a uh, sold-out show in Michigan. No, fuck Michigan, huh? No, I, I you were <laughs> Look, hey, let me tell you something. We're all self-serving. <laughs> I watched I watched Michigan win a national title, man, in, okay. yeah, in 97. So, for me, it was like – you know, I I'll be okay. Basketball's good too. You didn't mention that, so we got a couple sports. That's fine. Yeah, well, whatever. <laughs> all, right. all right, PJ, uh, if you want to play a little song for us, yeah, man, I'll play you a little bit of this brand new one here. Whoa, uh, <laughs> almost, man, almost, dude. I all got right. this new setup, dude. I'm working on the new the new podcast setup, so it, nice. So I sound will, clearer. Yeah, it's and, perfect, uh, man. It's perfect. Yeah, this will come out. This episode will come out the day you're releasing this. So we I love that. So today, call it the, call it the pajama cast. Yeah. I like yeah, that. If you don't call it the pajama cast, I'm no, out. You, no. <laughs> pajama North <laughs> featuring. <laughs> See how many views we can get. All That's right, hilarious. so this is dropping. This song is out today. Order it now. Uh, go on, man. Awesome, dude. Yeah, man, this is kind of my thing. And uh, Dawson's not here to help me out, but uh, I'll play a little bit for you guys so you guys get the hang of it, and uh, y'all check it out. Rocking that snap back in my Air Jordans, swiping that plastic places I shouldn't. Yeah, I'm gonna without warning, flying by the seat of my pants next morning. I ain't got forever in mind, but if you're looking for a good time, that's kind of my thing. Know to get rowdy, get a little mouthy, and if you're all about it, start with one train. Going 12 rounds and gonna burn it down with a shot of fireball that'll spark that flame. Girl, you will never be the same. That's kind of my thing. That's kind of my thing. Just picture Dawson, Jawful, a red man. Wrangle patch up on his jeans. Chevrolet still the only brand. Still thing number three's the king, yeah. If the good old boy's your type, then I might be your kind of guy. It's kind of my thing. I'm known to get rowdy, get a little mouthy, and if you're all about it, it's 
thought we would drink. Going to rounds and maybe burn it down with a shotgun natty that'll start that flame. Girl, you will never be the same. Cause that's kind of our thing. Only thing between another night and the life of the party, somebody buying you another drink. Me being that somebody, somebody. That's kind of my thing. Been known to get rowdy, get a little mouthy, and if you're all about it, start with one drink. Going to rounds ain't gonna burn it down with a shot of fireball that'll spark that flame. Girl, you will never be the same. That's kind of my thing, yeah, 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 that's yeah, kind of my thing, kind of my thing, yeah, that's kind of my thing. Yeah, man. All right, man. Uh, I'm going to pre-order that. I appreciate y'all, yeah. man. Nah, it's man. a good time, dude. That's a good song. It's, it makes me, like, annoyed I never learned the guitar. <laughs> like, hey man, I, look, dude. I, you know it's so funny. My, I don't really know the guitar that well, man. I've started to learn. I spent a lot of 2020 like doing. There's a Nashville number system, which is uh, basically one through seven, and like they'll be like, oh, we play this in A, and the numbers are six, four, one, five, and you're like, okay, what does that mean? So I had to like learn the number system, and I've learned like four of the letter, four of the keys basically in the different shapes because it's all so much going on, but I don't play enough live with a full, like I play writer's rounds, but we, you know, I, yeah. I break it down into like simplified things and things like that. So I, I, um, could, I could say like, just seeing you perform, I can understand why like country out there, like, like I would see that. Live. <laughs> I'd see you live. Right. I You'd be like, Oh man, it's lit. I grew up on rap and whatnot, but like, I love the rhyme scheme of country. It's just, I think there's a lot of different cool stuff that happens, man. I think a lot yeah. of people, if they listen to Jordan Davis, they'd be like, Jordan Davis loves rap music, but he grew up in Louisiana, so he had to be a country artist. <laughs> That's what they would like. <laughs> like melodically and like things that he's doing, you're like, all right. He's got a, like one of his lines in his song is like, uh, um, I remember you, Patagonia sweatshirt. But it sounds like paddock on your sweatshirt. Like the way he said, you're just like, damn, yeah. that's a vibe. There, yeah. you know what you're like, that's a vibe. I'm yeah. like, damn, all right. So we're all but just trying to catch up. I feel like a lot of like country songs, at least I've listened to, it's like rhyme A, rhyme B, rhyme B, rhyme A. And it just kind of keeps that. Like it's just like there's, there's a bunch of different rhymes within the, the breakdown of the song. Yeah, that's I, one of the things we do in rights, man. It's like, all right, how, what rhyme structure do we want to use? Like sometimes we'll do like A, 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 B, and then like C, 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 B like go back yeah. it just like the pen which is a cool part about the difference like that's the one also thing you mentioned i, I did forget to mention this writing between hip-hop and writing this music is i never wrote a hip-hop song with somebody else mm. i wrote features mm. but like i don't write like I, there's not nobody's coming in here and telling me how to rap that's just not happening yeah. like, it's not yeah. ever i've had people be like man let's feature you and i'm like well, you can't write on it. I'll I'll do it, and I'll gladly do the rap thing. I'll do the thing, but you can't write it. <laughs> you know, it's like one of those things. So, like, that's the other difference is, like, here, there's multiple minds conglomerating on – and I never – until you saw, like, Spotify credits, did anybody really ever think that, like, multiple people wrote a lot of those hip-hop songs that we listened to? But you know what I mean? Like, you, you hear that, and so that's a big difference, too. But 
Man, thank y'all for having me, man. I really uh, appreciate really it. Cool, oh, man. Thanks for, for thanks yeah. for playing the song, man. You're always, man. Brother. Hey, I'm, I'm, I'm I look. What's that Soldier Boy and, Lil, uh, and Sway Lee thing going on right now? It's like who's the first? I'm the first. Everything, Soldier Boy, find me, dog. What's really <laughs> yeah. good, baby? You holla at me. <laughs> I think you and Soldier Boy on a track would be very unique. It would be very uh, if that ever happens, shoot me, because that means I've made a lot of career decisions that were just incorrect. You don't want to start saying PJ North, tell him. <laughs> we already it's so funny we were doing the i'll tell you since the song's out when this comes out it's there's a lot in the in the thing i i love ad-libs I and mean, that's one of my favorite things about hip-hop is the ad-libs yeah. i don't love as much now because it's always like oh or whatever something weird but yeah. there's a lot of cool ones in hip-hop and that started in hip-hop like that's like a hip-hop thing so for me we're always doing these ad-libs and i was like in the booth doing the vocal track and uh, i was like that's kind of my thing <laughs> tell them about it d and like in my mind i was like this sounds so cool. My friend's like, we're keeping it. Put it in this song. Drop That's it. Cool. <laughs>